Welcome to ICIT Fellow Insights. My name is Param Eftakari, a co-founder and senior fellow here at the Institute for Critical Infrastructure Technology. Today we'll be talking about the role leaders and change agents play in cybersecurity with our guest speaker, Dan Waddell, an ICIT Fellow and the Managing Director for the North American region at ISC Squared. Dan, it's good to talk to you again. Hey, Param, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we have a lot to cover, so let's jump right in. But before we get into talking about leaders and change agents, I want to quickly get your thoughts on some of the recent actions by the president regarding cybersecurity. As you know, Dan, this past February, President Obama and his administration announced the Cybersecurity National Action Plan, or CNAP, which featured $19 billion for new cybersecurity initiatives at federal agencies as well as the establishment of the first federal CISO role uh, who will report directly to Tony Scott or whomever the CIO is. Obviously, we're very happy to see that there were also several specific initiatives focused on training and the human factor in cybersecurity. And that's really what, what I wanted to get your insights on. So first of all, can you summarize for me and the listener the actions the president is taking with respect to training and cyber human resources? Yeah, absolutely, Parham. Thanks for having me today. I think, you know, one of the big takeaways that I got from the president's uh, CNAP was the fact that uh, they're trying to be a little proactive here. Um, obviously, last year was a pretty big year in terms of reactive mode. There was the OPM breach, um, several other breaches uh, as well, even before then, like the Sony, ha Sony hack that affected uh, the federal government. But I was really pleased. So, so there was a good, new, good news, bad news story, right? So let's take the good news first. I was very pleased with the fact that they are highlighting this federal CISO position. Um, basically, we have for years at ISC Squared uh, been an advocate for uh, security professionals, information security leaders throughout our space. And we've been calling for this position for several years. So it's great that it's finally getting the recognition that it deserves because historically, that, that CISO uh, or whatever you want to call that information security, cybersecurity executive position has been buried uh, in, in within the org chart, uh, typically reporting to an IT uh, professional such as a CIO, et cetera. So it's, it, this is uh, outstanding news from, from a, a, a proactive point of view and also that it's elevating the need to have an information security, cybersecurity professional um, at, at the table, at the big kids table, at the, at the, at the head <laughs> table, not, not the little kids table. But the, the, one, of the, one of the things that I'm still a little bit concerned about, if you look at the job that was posted uh, on USA Jobs, was uh, first of all the salary range. Uh, they really undershot this in terms of the salary range. I want to say it was somewhere in the neighborhood of the range was 125 to 180,000. Um, that's honestly is not going to get the the person that I think is from a qualification and experience perspective uh, that's going to really going to drive change. So I think they're going to have some challenges there finding a, a person that's going to take uh, take that salary and then also take it and stay. Uh, one of the challenges that we've seen within the federal government is just this revolving door of people coming in and out uh, one to two years and using the federal government as, as a platform or a stepping stone to another position within a private sector with double or triple the salary. So I think that that's, that's a little bit of a challenge. And I think the other thing, too, aside from the salary uh, challenge is the fact that um, culturally speaking, we still have um, this, well, what is this person really going to be doing? How are they really going to affect change? Um, I don't 
don't see this federal CISO position as necessarily somebody from an operational perspective that will be able to, to really uh, dive in and affect change. But, uh, you know, the analogy that I use is uh, he's kind of a quarterback. So quarterbacking the other CISOs within, across the federal uh, government space, the .gov, and also our military and, and IC partners um, across .mil, that if something affected one agency or one CISO, that you now have a resource that can call the play across the entire spectrum and coordinate um, information sharing, coordinate uh, breach uh, response, um, share threat information, so, so those those types of things. So um, it's really a mix of a, of a good news, bad news. Um, so I'm I'm me. I'm kind of a glass half full kind of guy. I'm I'm really hopeful that we can get the right person in there. And and kudos to to President Obama for for taking a stance and being a little pro- proactive here. Absolutely. So overall, it sounds like you're saying this is definitely a good first step. We, we need to be moving in this direction, but there's a uh, um, obviously opportunities to. Uh, improve on these first actions by the president. Yep, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, just really quickly to mention is the the human element of cybersecurity. So we're we're not we're not saying, hey, we need to install a, a tool or or we need to, to to build a new a new server or a new system. Um, we're actually talking about getting getting the human element of cybersecurity into the federal government and using that as the game changing element. Um, the, the statistics don't lie. I, th- I think the last report uh, that I saw on this topic in terms of the human element, the, Ver- the Verizon report, which is always great. Um, we'll, we're obviously all eagerly anticipating that report this year. But last year it showed that 60% of incidents were caused by human error, such as a sysadmin making a poor config change or installing an untested patch. So um, yeah, I, I, I want to emphasize the fact that, that I, we're really pleased that uh, that the human element is being uh, is, is having a focus here for this particular effort. Yeah, I agree. I know this that that came up as well in the fellows meeting last week, where you were one of our, our guest speakers. So you know, as part of these announcements, um, uh, Dan, the president made it a point to talk about that the fact that he's been working on cyber and being a leader in this for the past seven years. Uh, and um, and it was really interesting to me because you know, as you just mentioned, using the quarterback analogy. Uh, that's really one of the areas that's that's I think lacking in, in many organizations and having a seat at the big 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 kids table so to speak. So, how big of a problem is leadership or a lack thereof when it comes to cybersecurity? And is this something that's um, confined to the federal government or is this a problem that exists across uh, different industries? It 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 exists everywhere. Um, it's particularly a problem within the federal government because. Um, they've always had the challenge of trying to keep pace with technology. The private sector and the technology wave just moves at such a fast pace, and the government has always struggled to keep up. So it's a problem for everybody, but it's it's a very, very big problem within the federal government. Uh, I think one of the reasons why IIC Squared uh, is in a unique position to be um, an advocate and, and a thought leader in this space is we've been doing this since 1989. Um, our members have really set the bar for the profession and are considered uh, among the industry's top talent. And we're really in that position to help lead the, lead the workforce change and, and fill the cyber workforce gap. Um, and you know, I think you know one of the one of the 
topics that we talked about at the fellows meeting last week uh, was really changing the mindset from educating the cyber workforce to educating the workforce in cyber. And so ISC Squared is definitely uh, making that a point of emphasis this year and beyond uh, to really uh, get outside the echo chamber and, and talk to the business leaders. Because as you mentioned, it's, it's, uh, it's a failure in leadership in many cases. If you look at the OPM breach, for example, these were problems that existed in that agency for years, uh, and they were often ignored or swept under the rug. So it's it's being able to really get the right person in there that can talk to the decision makers in a way that, listen, if you don't patch this system, um, this is the risk and this is the impact in terms of the mission, in terms of the business, and in terms of our national security. Unfortunately, those conversations did not take place. And and now you know people have lost jobs. People are being called in front of Congress to testify. It's it's no fun. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't want to be in their shoes. So Danny, you, you know you just in the your previous comments mentioned a few different um, types of uh, employees or individuals within an organization, and it really makes me think about uh, the question: Who are the stakeholders that we need to be engaging? Who does need to be trained? Uh, who does need to take step up and take those leadership roles and become change agents? Uh, so to speak, and, and and what are some of the ways that uh, cybersecurity and technology leaders who are trying to make uh, and implement this change, how can they gain buy-in from these these uh, these new groups and who maybe aren't as engaged as they should be? Yeah, it's it's really making sure that you're bringing in the stakeholders from all the different business units, whether that's operations, finance, IT, HR, legal. Uh, certainly your physical and personnel security people. I think, you know, again, we've tried to solve this by putting all the security people in a, in a bubble in the org chart, uh, and that, that has just not worked. So it's, it's really making sure that you've got uh, security experts sprinkled in throughout each of those layers, or at a minimum, have security buy-in at the very top level. Uh, and making sure that there are folks there that can uh, influence change uh, and get that SES uh, man or woman that's in charge of that agency to understand the the risk to their to their agency to their mission, uh, whether that be national security or uh, if if you, you take any uh, any agency within the Beltway, whether it's Internal Revenue Service from a financial perspective or our friends over there at the Pentagon, you know everybody kind of has a different mission. But at the end of the day, um, you know that person um, has a responsibility to make sure that that our data. Uh, from a citizen's perspective, is protected at all times. You know, the risk assessment's a great tool. You know, I've always preached preached the fact that um, if we, we've kind of done the risk assessment thing for for a long time, but unfortunately, at the end of the day, it becomes a, a, a stack of paper on somebody's desk. Mm -hmm. So we've really got to we've got, the, the the model itself is great. We've just got to get the, the uh, some some people that are in that process to be able to say at the end of the day we need to, we need to make a decision on this quickly and then follow up on that decision to make sure that you know the systems are getting patched or you know these folks are getting trained and there's budget and there's money and resources set aside to actually do that i think until then uh, until you can get that language in those business terms and get everybody talking on that same sheet of music, I think you're going to continue to have a pretty big problem. So um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, OPM obviously has, has, 
is going through a big shakeup right now with Donna Seymour stepping aside. Um, and there, you know, I think at last count, there are four cabinet level agencies across the federal government that are looking for CIOs and security help. So, um, you know, the, the, the call's out there. We just don't have enough people to, to fill that role. And that's uh, one of the big things that ISC Squared is really focused on this year is, is to help shrink that workforce gap and, and get, get some more resources and qualified people in, into the loop. Absolutely. And I know one of the ways that you do that every year is through the uh, your annual CyberSecureGov conference. Uh, it's coming up in a few months. Um, we're really excited about it as an institute to be supporting you again there. Um, this year's theme is inspiring change agents in an environment of game-changing threats. I thought that was very interesting and telling. Um, so can you talk a bit about what drove you and your team to focus this event on the the theme of change agents and why do you think it's important and why do you think this will resonate well with the community? Really, it was it was two big factors that pushed us towards this theme. I mean, certainly every time we have a show, we kind of sit down and we, we look at what works and what doesn't work. And and uh, last year, CyberScreen you were there, Parham. Uh, we had about 500 people out at the uh, at the Reagan Center, and it was a good event. But I was like, you know, how do we improve this? How do we really take this and 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 kick it up a notch? And so I think one of the things that we wanted to do, um, you know, having been to several events, cybersecurity related events here in the DC area, is we wanted to do something different. We wanted to give our members uh, and, and those folks attending an opportunity to, to get an experience that, that they normally would not uh, at the other events in the area. So we wanted to bring the, the best solutions that are out there, whether they be from private sector, whether they be from academia, or another agency within the federal government. We wanted to bring all those folks together in one room for two days and talk about how do we change? How do we, what, what game changing solutions are out there that can help change the culture and get us out of this reactive uh, breach a day, seemingly uh, <laughs> just reactive stance where we're trying to, to, to get away uh, from, from just getting caught up in the wheels here. So I, we really talked about change. Um, our two keynotes uh, uh, Dr. Jen Goldbeck from the University of Maryland, director of the Human Computer Interaction Lab, will be kicking off day one. Uh, she's going to be addressing the human side of cybersecurity, so she's got that academia flag. And then uh, kicking off on Friday, of course, Dr. David Bray, whom you know very well, you've had at a couple of ICIT events already, uh, who is uh, the Harvard Visiting Executive in Residence, Eisenhower Fellow, and also CIO for the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, we'll be kicking off uh, day two on the positive change agents in our exponential era. So it's really, uh, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, two days, May 19th and 20th out at the convention center. Um, again, it's going to, we're going to be releasing our details here in the next couple of weeks in terms of our speakers. I'm just, I'm just so excited. I can't wait to make the announcement, but really expect uh, the best and brightest ac across .gov, .edu, uh, and .com uh, to be able to help uh, change the game. That's great. And I, I think it really is important for, you know, the, that community of stakeholders we just got done talking about to look to these types of forums as opportunities to uh, either improve their proficiency on these topics and issues if they're if they're practicing cyber professionals or if they're on the business side uh, to at least expose themselves to to uh, these types of conversations and familiarize themselves. Because I think on one end, which is very important, what you said, we as IT professionals need to uh, learn to speak differently and speak in kind of non-tech terms and talk business. At the same time, to be fair, I think business folks need to also try to come into our world a little bit and understand things from our perspective. So I think it's great not just for the cyber community, but also kind of the business side to get involved with this as well. 
Yeah, and you're going to get both both of those flavors at this conference. You're going to you're going to have experts that are going to be giving uh, demonstrations on uh, Linux triage. You're going to you're going to have folks talk about privacy. You're going to have folks talk talk about risk management, uh, threat intelligence. So it really covers the gamut. So I think it's a, it's the perfect venue to be able to get get a really good deep dive on some some outstanding technical solutions out there, uh, but also get some exposure uh, on the business side as well. That's great, Dan. And, and if someone wants to register, is there an easy website? Should they go to IC Square's homepage, or what can they do? Yeah, uh, certainly IC2.org, but also we have a, a page set up specifically for CybersecureGov. Uh, it's cybersecuregov.isc2.org, um, and you can register there, get information. Again, our agenda will be posted here in the next couple of weeks. Um, our early bird uh, goes through uh, around the first week of April, so take advantage of that, and uh, we look forward to, uh, to seeing everybody out there May 19th and 20th at the convention center. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll be there, and we'll be promoting it uh, up until that date. So Dan, hey, thanks for the time, and this was a really great conversation as always. I appreciate it. Thanks, Parham. Take care. Absolutely. And thanks for the listener, and we'll see you next time.